0: And Samuel said, "What hast thou done?" And Saul said, "Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Michmash. 1 Samuel 13:11. "Dear God, today I declare that a new day is upon me. Today I declare that living a victorious life is my new norm. And not my exception. As the victory over my circumstances increases, I will not act as Saul in 1 Samuel 13 and allow my ambition and anxieties cause me to move and act on things that you've commanded me to wait on. Holy Spirit, quicken my courage so that I will not let the appearance of troubles cause me to step outside my character and God given peace. I will wait patiently for you and your instructions as it pertains to the plans for my future. I denounce negative prideful behaviors and arrogance for my mind. I declare that I am calm, centered, and clear-headed in the face of trials, for I know that you are always with me. I thank you that my resolve has been strengthened and that my reliance is on my obedience which pleases you more than my sacrifices. In Jesus' name, amen. Listening to these daily prayers strengthens your relationship with God. Continue hearing from the Lord by listening to today's Bible in a Year. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com.
1: Saul and Samuel In our last story, we witnessed Saul's rise as king. He led the Israelites into victory over the Ammonites, and all the people rejoiced over their new leader. However, a flickering light of pride dwelt within Saul's heart. In this story, we learn how Samuel sees right through Saul's strong and noble appearance and confronts him. Inspired by the book of 1 Samuel,
2: Hello, this is Jack Graham with today's episode of the Bible in a Year podcast. Yesterday, we heard about King Saul's first battle as the leader of God's people. His heart was focused on God and his army soundly defeated the Ammonites. Saul gave glory to God in that moment, recognizing the Lord for delivering Israel from her enemy. But even in that moment, pride began to creep in. And in today's scripture, we'll see that God's prophet Samuel isn't fooled by Saul's outward displays of humility. The great prophet recognizes the pride that is seeping into the king's heart. God's man will call out the king, but how will the young ruler respond? Let's listen
1: now to find out. Samuel was old and weary. The people's grumbling for a king was answered, and Samuel retired himself to the outskirts of Israel he dwelled. Samuel watched over Israel silently, being attentive to the voice of God. Though Saul was king, Samuel was still priest over Israel. All matters of worship, prayer, and speaking for God were solely Samuel's responsibility. Saul had been ruling for two years and had established himself as a great warrior king. Saul's tact, strength, and image of humility made him beloved by the people. After a while, it was time for Saul to mount an offense against the Philistines. Saul chose 3,000 of his finest warriors and took 2,000 to the hill country of Bethel. The other thousand went with his son Jonathan to the land of Benjamin, where some Philistines had begun attacking. Jonathan was a young man, strong and also loved by the people. While Saul wore humility like a costume, Jonathan was truly humble. With his men behind him, Jonathan stormed the city where the Philistines held Israelites hostage and struck them down swiftly. All of the Philistines caught word of their victory, and their anger against Israel grew. That day Saul blew the trumpet of victory, signifying that they had taken back the land of Benjamin. This riled up the rest of Israel to join Saul for another battle at Gilgal. Saul was glowing with pride and his heart grew addicted to the praise and loyalty of his people. It did not take long for the Philistines to retaliate. In the distance, 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen scattered like sand on the seashore. The horizon was blackened by the soldiers. The Philistine foot soldiers hid in caves, holes, and rocks nearby and waiting for Israel. It was an army unlike any of them had ever seen. The vastness of their people, coupled with the strength of their chariots, sent chills down the Israelite spines. If Saul wanted to fight them, he had to cross below the canyons. Slowly, the men of Israel walked towards Gilgal. Every sound and movement startled them. They were all waiting for the Philistine horde to emerge from the darkness to attack. The sound of armor shaking echoed through the canyons. They finally came to a place to camp at Gilgal and waited for Samuel. For Samuel had told them he would come to make a sacrifice to God before they went into battle. The people of Israel had finally found a rhythm of obedience to God. Before every battle, Samuel would lead them in worship to ask God for favor. This was a pattern they had not had in years, and God was very pleased with their obedience. Yet seven days had passed and Samuel had still not arrived. Saul grew anxious. He wanted bloodshed. He wanted the battle to be over with. The people were growing restless and Saul's men began to depart. Saul, out of fear people would not trust him, spoke saying, Just bring the peace offering to me. I will make the sacrifice to God. Saul hastily and sloppily offered the sacrifice and led people in worship. Saul worshipped God with no reverence, love, or intensity. Instead, he saw it as a chore that needed to be done quickly before they went into battle. As Saul had finished, behold, Samuel stood behind him. Saul looked at Samuel's eyes. They shot right through him. His gaze was piercing and reflected the intensity of God. "'What have you done?' Samuel said to Saul." Saul gave a nervous laugh and said, The people were growing nervous because you were late, and the Philistines are ready for battle. Saul continued to smile and feign ignorance. I had no choice but to begin the offering. As king, I had to seek favor from God. Samuel saw right through Saul. He knew Saul only did it out of compulsion. He rushed the worship of God to appease his own anxiety. Not only that... But he was not a priest or chosen by God to speak for him. You are a fool, Saul, Samuel said. Your kingdom will be as temporary as your obedience to God. God has already set his gaze on another king, a man after his own heart. After saying this, Samuel vanished, and the people followed Saul into battle.
2: Our story begins with Samuel, now an aged man. He is no longer judge over Israel as a new era has begun, and Saul is now king leading the people of Israel. But Samuel is still God's chosen priest and his prophet. He is still God's man. While Saul was in charge of leading the nation and going into battle as their commander, Samuel was charged with worship and leading the children of Israel spiritually. In just two years as king, Saul had gained the people's admiration, respect, and loyalty. They followed him into battle, and God granted them great victories. If only Saul had remembered his first battle when he acknowledged that the victory belonged to the Lord, then his life would have gone in a different direction. But when everyone around you tells you how great you are, you begin to believe it. And Saul was hearing a lot about how great he was from the people. Saul called up an army to do battle with the Philistines. The enemy was split into two camps. Saul's son, Jonathan, defeated the first of the enemy's units, and the people celebrated the victory, praising Saul for the win. But there were other Philistines mounting an attack in Gilgal. This was a much larger army, and the people of Israel were fearful. So Saul called on Samuel to offer sacrifices to God before the battle. It was an act of worship that pleased God. All was going well until Samuel delayed his arriving. The frightened Israelites began to disperse, and Saul felt his control slipping. He must have thought to himself, I can do this on my own. I don't need Samuel. I don't need God. But he did. He needed God and God's men. This was a sacred position, and it was Samuel's responsibility and calling. Saul was now impulsive and too sure of himself. So he offered the sacrifices himself on his own. This was disobedience. And just like when a child has acted impatiently and disobeyed a parent, Samuel shows up just in time to catch Saul in the act. When Samuel confronts Saul, he hears no contrition or apologies and sees no repentance. Saul only had excuses. He tried to rationalize his way out of it. But Samuel, and of course God, saw right through the facade and the cost of his pride and arrogance was impulsively high. Samuel speaks to Saul in 1 Samuel 13:14 and says this, But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be prince over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Saul forfeits his right to be king because he disobeyed God. After Samuel confronts Saul, He then went away, leaving Saul to go into battle. But Saul's story isn't over. So much needs to happen before the new king comes on the scene, and we'll hear more of Saul's story next time. God, may we obey you, and not partially, but completely. May we humbly and obediently do what you tell us to do, always. Help us not to seek the praise of men, but only you. May we be men and women after your heart. And we pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Pastor Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Download the Pray.com app and make Bible study and prayer a priority in your life. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with someone you know, because it can make a genuine, even eternal difference in their lives. And if you want more resources on how you can know the power of God through Jesus Christ, then visit jackgraham.org.
0: This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality.